god, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> Where are we at? We're at 59 degrees! She's helped Australians lose more than 1 million kilos in Australia's weight. Australia's fitness queen, Michelle Bridges. Cast as the tough, talking personal trainer on The Biggest Loser. What's the motivation yeah. pill? It's like they wanted a hit. Yeah. They wanted their junkie hit. You know, give me the motivation. The uh, mantra of the producers, if they're not crying, it's not gold. Michelle's career is the definition of someone who is incredibly driven. Just knew I was going to be speaking to a lot of people about something. But back then, I was like fearless. Yeah. What was that like, early days from becoming so dominant in the fitness industry? Uh, I'll be honest, it was, um, it was heartbreaking. Michelle experienced what she described as one of her darkest moments last year it took many people it definitely surprise. cost me a relationship that was really special and um you know sad we just worked too much work 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 yeah. work 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 and it came at a cost and i almost didn't have a child all those costs and sacrifices was it worth it michelle bridges and um, we've already started sweating yes <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Have you ever done a uh, sauna before? I have done a sauna before. Have you I'm done not a really... podcast in a sauna no, before? No, 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 no. Never done a podcast in a sauna. So this would be this would be a new first. Yes, this is definitely a first. I will go away from this ticking that box. Oh, nice. It's been a lifelong ambition. It's currently uh, 46 degrees. So about every 10 minutes, the mm -hmm. degrees will come up about 10 degrees. Awesome. And uh, hopefully the questions get hotter and the um, we'll see how long you can last for. Okay, great. This sounds like an intense conversation. Yeah, yeah Bring well, it. it's Bring all about it. win or learn. Um, so it's really unpacking what those wins are in your journey and then what are those learns from you know, challenges, suffering, mistakes, failure, and how can we inspire the listeners to really step into their own learns uh, and also embrace their wins. I'd love to start with a quote of yours, which is motivation is like a bad boyfriend. <laughs> you, you have done me, your research. Can you That's tell an me old why? One. <laughs> <laughs> well, years ago, um, and this was before I'd written my first book, years ago, I was doing a lot of touring um, with the show Biggest Loser and also just going out to gyms and, and you know, meeting and greeting. Yeah. And I'd teach a class or I'd talk or whatever. And I had so many people would always be wanting, you know, what's the motivation yeah. pill? It's like they wanted a hit. Yeah. They wanted their junkie hit, you know, give me the motivation. I'm like, dude, it's just, it, it doesn't kind of work like that. Yeah. But I was trying to unpack it. You know, I was trying to in my head think, why do we do this? And it's almost as though we're looking for something that's going to wind us up like a spring coil and we have to, we, we, we've got to be motivated. Yeah. We've got to be motivated. Yeah, that's the yeah. only way. And for me, to me, that just feels completely exhausting. Yeah, it doesn't last as well. It doesn't last and it's adrenal overload. So I was trying to like figure out how, you know, how can we unpack the whole idea around motivation? And I know I was always saying to people, you know, motivation is like a bad boyfriend. It's never there when you need them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Sorry to past boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> but it, the, it, you, it's just not always going to be there. Yeah. So then what? You know, you just, the wheels fall off. Yeah, yeah. So let's try to figure out how we can bypass the motivation and find something else that, does work for us like habits routines and rituals consistency is king yeah so i was going to say if not motivation what is what is the answer i guess to i think your number one question always is what do you want yeah and how do you one how do you figure out what you want and then how do you go get it is probably my question yeah well, it's, they're great questions <laughs> and they're big questions but the only person that can answer them is you yeah you you know yourself better than anyone else yeah and so you know like i i in one of my keynotes i've spoken about um who were you in the playground? Mm. And it, and I asked that question because I look back on my personal 
um, journey. And I've loved health and fitness from day dot. Yeah. Like it's been in me from day dot. Uh, you know, like I started fit- teaching fitness classes when I was 14. I heard this in the in the playground and there was kids that were out smoking and kind of didn't want to play sport. <laughs> yeah. So I was the one that, you know, said I went to my school mistress and I pitched the concept that I would do fitness yeah. classes. Wow. And I just took all the different principles from the training of all the sport that I did. Yeah. And the reason... I guess I'm going one step too far here, but I'll go back one step, is that from my sport, Mm. I learned so many things. Like I learned discipline. I learned responsibility. I learned being accountable. I learned how to be a team player. Yeah, teamwork. Also about how how to be a star performer, but still be a team player. (laughs) Um, How to win and importantly, how to lose. Yeah. You know, like massive lessons. And I was getting that from the age of, say, eight. Yeah. And I knew I was getting those lessons. I could feel it yeah. in my soul. I could feel those lessons. And I mean, isn't there, aren't they the kind of lessons that we want to instill into our children yeah, 100%, anyway? Yeah, 100%. So I just felt so blessed from my sport. And I was good at some of it and shit at some of Which it. Which sports were you playing then? <laughs> I was pretty good at basketball. Basketball, nice. Uh, basketball, netball, hockey, water polo, soccer, I even ended up on the boys' soccer team, oh, much, nice. to the, much to the begrudgement of the guy that got pulled off the, the <laughs> field that day and I got replaced by I'd me. I'd love to dig into that story around you taking on, I guess, men in their own sport and winning so many times. It's a whole other topic we get into I loved soon. it. It was just great. And I just knew that it would be such a shame for people not to um, even get a glimmer of that. Yeah. And, and possibly they're not getting a glimmer of that because they're scared mm. or they're afraid of being embarrassed. Um and so that's why many people don't step into sport. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm gently encouraging my son. He seems to like the solo sports at yeah. the moment, like swimming and tennis. Nice. Um, but it's, it's, it's valuable lessons. And so that was the reason, that was the principle behind uh, me going to my, my um, mistress, my yeah. school mistress, and putting the pitch to her. At 14, it's very yeah. self-aware. I mean, look, I... I'll be honest, I did want to wear the leotard with a G-string on the outside of the bum. Oh, yeah. Um, and the leg warmers. Very 70s you know, and 80s kind of happen. disco mix. Yeah, it had to happen, but, nice. you know, it was it was the idea behind that. Yeah. So, she said yes, and then off I went. And then wow. I got, you know, I thought I was really good at this. So, then I went down to the local squash courts in Nelson Bay where I lived and went wow. to the owner-operator and said, Hi, my name's Michelle Bridges. Um, I go to Nelson Bay High and I teach fitness and I'm really good. <laughs> and wow. I can feel the squash courts that are always empty. Wow. So, he let me loose. What do you think would have happened if <laughs> your teacher said no to that kind of 14-year-old girl? Oh, I don't know. I probably would have figured out another way around Yeah, it was it. with health, fitness, helping other people always kind of your journey? Yeah. It was. And, you know, I do recall at night sometimes around that age, around that 13, 14-year-old age, even a bit older, 15, 16, um, that I would lay in bed at night hmm. and I would, I knew I was going to do something. It sounds weird. Yeah. I, it's, but it's the truth. It's, I just knew I was going to be speaking to a lot of people about something. Oh, that's cool. And I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Because I remember one night, and this is how I know it's true, because I remember one night I said to myself, oh, but what if I like get married and have kids? How will I have time to do that? <laughs> and hang on. Oh no, how will I have time to, you know, to cook dinner and stuff? And then I went, hang on, I don't actually even know how to cook dinner now. So yeah. like, okay, forget yeah, that. Yeah, the problems the, we think about when we're the, older. The queer, strange things you think about as a 14, 15 yeah. year old. <laughs> and then what was, I guess, your your big break or your big moment where obviously Biggest Loser was a huge, a huge breakout moment for you. You know, what how did that come about? How what did that mean to you at the time? Look, I think I've had a few moments 
that's happened yeah. that led to that one and okay. then I've had a, quite a few after that yeah, as definitely. well. Um, one moment was, uh, well, I went and lived at Alice Springs for a while. Yeah, wow. And um, I was teaching with the YMCA at, at classes, but also working with the kids and the school yeah. programs and, you know, management and stuff like that. And I had decided that I was going to go into a figure competition. Yeah. And um, I don't know why. I just yeah. wanted to see what I could do with my body, yeah, right? Nice. How far I could push it. Yeah. So then I... I was winning all these competitions around Australia. And so then I went to America. Wow. And I competed overseas. I came about 20th, I think. Wow. Um, and that really... What was the kind of class or the, what was that um, physique called? It was uh, called figure back then, figure. which is like, so you pose with open hand, not closed fist. Okay. <laughs> um, and then there was also um, a health of fitness, Miss World Fitness. Wow. what I went over for in, um, in the States. So you've always had this drive to win personally as much as inspired in others. Where do you think that drive to win comes internally for you? I, I guess I've never been afraid to mm. fail. I think when I was younger, I was even more like that. I yeah. think as you get older, you kind of get a little bit more nervous about failing. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but back then, I was like fearless. Yeah. Just wanted to throw my hat in the ring. And it, like I always had the opinion, well, who cares if I, if I lose or I don't win like yeah, that's yeah. okay yeah um i was competitive don't yeah, get me wrong yeah. i was out to win but if i would, i didn't have a fear of it if and it where didn't do you happen. think hard work versus talent kind of plays into winning uh, it's great to have a bit of talent yeah if you're lucky to have it yeah, good yeah. for you and but were you talented work... for yourself or were you kind of more hard work will, will win this for me i know it's been hard work i think yeah i don't really think i've been extremely talented yeah um i know i was really good at teaching classes yeah i was and i felt it just i was in my flow state yeah, yeah that's a superpower for you I like think. A, that's totally i could get in front of a crowd and i could get them going and yeah you know really bring them out and so when i found uh, les mills body pump yeah uh i brought it to alice springs we were one of the first yeah, um, wow. gyms in the country to have it and I was like, this is so awesome. Yeah. I'm going to pack up my things and I'm going to go to Sydney with 300 bucks, <laughs> but a really good talent. Wow. So I did have that one talent, that yeah, one superpower yeah, skill, yeah, wow. as you say. Um, and I got a job in Sydney pretty quickly in some gyms. And then before you know it, I was teaching all over the city. And then before you know it, I was getting over 100 people to my classes. Wow. And so... So I, in those moments, if you can take yourself back to, you know, one of the, the core tenets of the brand Shine is in those moments when you're really trying to prepare yourself for a big event, a meeting, a, a public talk, you know, you really want to shine. You want to be your best. You want to be your full potential in those moments. Like what was the chat? What was the prep going into those, you know, first hundred room kind of classes? And, <laughs> you know, were you nervous? Were you scared? How did you get yourself ready for that? That would, you know, I just, be the as long as fear. I knew my shit, yeah. I was fine. If I didn't know what, what I was doing for that class, then I would, you know, I would be shaky. I'd be a bit wobbly. So you got your confidence <clears throat> from preparation. Yeah, always. You know, sometimes I was better prepared than others. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of have also, I, can, I, I guess from my Les Mills days, they really gave me some skills um, on how to, you know, work the crowd and how to tap into people and how to like feel the vibe and then amplify that. Yeah. So I got good at doing that. Bringing the energy. I got really good at doing that. Yeah. And I freaking loved it, you know? Yeah. So then um, I, I don't gyms before. I don't, I've been a personal trainer for a, a while and I've um, been teaching classes forever. Wow. And 
I'd done other things in the industry, but I just kind of didn't feel like there was enough. What else is there? You know, yeah. I started presenting at um, conferences, wow. both nationally and internationally. Um, Les Mills sent me all around the world. So you were her kind of poster child down under. Well, there was a few of us. So yeah. It was like a handful of master trainers, if you want, um, yeah. that could do all the different disciplines. And so we went to Portugal and Spain and wow. you know, France. And it was just mad. It still goes on today. And there's like people that were working in it when I was in it. Yeah. And they're like really high up in the business now. Wow. And just still kicking goals and going overseas yeah. and, you know, having a really good time. But I just kind of wanted more and... And I didn't know what, where, how to look for that. And yeah. I, in fact, I, I equipped some of my um, fitness classes for a while. Oh, really? And went off and became an account manager for the Age newspaper. <laughs> Very different. I didn't even really know what the job was, but I just knew I wanted to do something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm always of the opinion the person that gets the job isn't the person that's the best for the job. It's always the person that interviews the best. Yeah, I And like I can that. do a killer interview. Oh, nice. So I got it. Well, you're nailing this so far. <laughs> thanks. Oh, I didn't know what it was. I didn't yeah, know yeah. what the job was. And they gave me a laptop and a desk and I had to ring my girlfriend and say, how do you send an email? <laughs> She's like, are you kidding? I said, no, I've got this job and I don't know what to do and I don't oh, wow. even know what I'm doing. But what it, I learned very quickly, I had to go and pitch to advertising agencies. And so that really set me up with some very good skills yeah for your future businesses and entrepreneurship so then i went back to the fitness industry and also during a lot of this time too i was teaching at a class called hyde park club was owned by kerry packer oh yeah and kerry ann kennelly was coming to my classes wow so i was was that on castle ray yeah is that now the um premier health and fitness gym it might be yeah Yeah, we just had a few incarnations yeah it's got the big um, ice bath and saunas there yeah 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 Yeah, i've been there for years i love it okay so i was teaching back then oh wow before the before it was like refurbished and, yeah it was a bit um, of a boys club back then i heard very much very much well let's talk about that because i think when you entered the fitness industry it was so male dominated and you shone such a bright light for females to then follow in your path like what was that like early days from you know becoming so dominant in the fitness industry uh, i'll be honest it was um it was heartbreaking at yeah. times. Yeah. I had my career held up a few times by a few yeah. blokes. How did that happen? Tell me about that. Oh, I'm not going to go into too much detail, okay. but um, I had one opportunity yeah. that I kept going for. And this one guy who was the the main dude yeah. of, of the opportunity just kept saying no. Wow. And I was like, but I've done all the work. I've done the, I've done the leg work. I've proven time and time again. Um yeah, it was, it, it was, and he said to me, because it was who you went out with once upon a time. I was oh, like, no what? Way. No way. Because his um, wife was best friends with, oh, it's just so complicated. Oh, yeah. It's so personal. Just personal, yeah. And I was, I didn't, I dated him for like two minutes and oh, it was, no. it was done. And I was like, are you serious? You're going to stop my career because of oh, that? Man. Just to double tap on that, what, what advice would you give to, I guess, maybe younger females who are facing similar stuff coming into their industries now? Oh, look, I had to hold my head up high and I just kept pushing on. Yeah, nice. I didn't let it stop me. Like, I've probably developed in my 50 plus years a skin like a rhino. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to. Yeah. Because, it, you know, stuff like that is just, you couldn't get away with that now. No. Like, that I just hope wouldn't, not. that wouldn't be happening. We're too woke for that stuff yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, getting into an industry that was very male dominated was, was tricky. And, yeah. and the other thing, too, I felt a little bit under underestimated if i'm honest yeah um you know i'd never done university degree a lot of a lot of people in my industry have 
And I always sort of felt like maybe I wasn't smart enough um, or good enough. Yeah. And Did I had to prove the, myself even more. Yeah, the chip <laughs> on the shoulder, right? Is it yeah. chips on shoulders, leave chips in pockets? <laughs> Maybe that's a good one. I haven't heard that before. Yeah. But I did feel over the course of my career, particularly in the fitness industry, that I had to prove myself. Yeah. Um, well, certainly got... there was male trainers that would be getting potentially more pay than we were back yeah. then. Yeah. We've got a lot of um, chips in pockets now, so to speak. You know, Do you still feel that need to prove yourself or do you feel like you have fulfilled that desire in you? I still feel that there's a bit left in the old girl yet. Nice. Love to hear that. <laughs> but it's changed. Yeah. It's changed. What's the feeling now compared to when you first were starting out? I've matured. Nice. And I've got a, a son. Yeah. And so that's a whole new chapter. Yeah, tell me about motherhood and how that kind of impacted your own personal journey. Well, look, when I had Axel, I was 45. And um, so... I think that alone is an inspiration to people. I my mum rang me. My mum rings me last night or the night before. She goes, "Oh my god, Axel's a miracle." <laughs> and I said, "I know, mum, he really is." She goes, oh. "No, no, no, he really is a miracle." I said, "Why?" She said, "I've been watching this TV show about pregnancy. Yeah. On, it's on at the moment." And um, she said, "It's two percent. Two percent. You fell pregnant, and if you'd done IVF, it would have been four percent. But I didn't do IVF. It happened naturally." Wow. Um, I thought about it, but yeah. I, I was really blessed that I didn't have to do that. Um, she said, it's a miracle. So it changed me like profoundly. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, no longer can I luxuriate in a two hour workout on a Saturday yeah. morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, everything. It's almost something else is more important than. You. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, my training has definitely wound down a little <laughs> shall we say yeah. um because of acts uh, it's not that i'd use him as an excuse but often i want to be spend more time with him yeah yeah, yeah. because i know the time that time is very limited yeah yeah um let's double tap on excuses because i've heard you talk about excuses a lot i think you've got a book or you've got definitely parts of books talking about them what are the excuses do you think i guess how do you frame up excuses and what are those some excuses that you've heard over and over and over again uh through your time trying to train people oh, okay i've done a whole chapter on a book in about this yeah. but um you know there's excuses that are, you know, reasonable, yeah. like my son's fallen out of a tree. Yeah. Or I've just had a car accident. Reasonable excuse. That's fine. Yeah. But the ones that you can usually, you know, find a solution to, I think we need to look twice at. So I'm busy is the biggest one. Yeah. You know, everyone wears that as a badge of honor. Almost. Yeah, they do. I'm just too busy. I'm busy, busy, busy. Um, but they're not busy enough that they can still like look at social media for 20 minutes yeah, a day. The new Netflix show comes out yeah. and they find two hours of their day. <laughs> yeah. So it's just about breaking down the excuses and really asking yourself, what is it that you want and what are you prepared to do in order to get there? Yeah. So making a plan yeah. is important. Making a plan will help you kind of outmaneuver your excuses as well, particularly if you start to lay them down, lay your plan down with habits, routines and rituals. Yep. It kind of, you know, in the morning, I get up, I put my gym gear on, I make the school lunches, I take the kids to school, I drive straight to the gym. That's what I do. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. Um, when you can start to you know, get those habits and um, routines and rituals into your plan, then yeah. you're less likely to make your excuses. Yeah. Um, but you've you really got to ask yourself what is it that you want. Yeah. And you've also got to be ready for it too. Because I've tried to talk many people off the ledge, yeah. you know, getting into their health and fitness. And if they're not willing to go, they're not willing to go. Yeah. They've got to be ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of can't force the horse to drink. They have to lead them to water, right? That's it. And like, there's, um, 
you were you're talking about like philosophy and Zen um, yeah. earlier. There's a I, I, I think it's Zen philosophy. Um, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah, I love that. So I was like, oh, what does that mean? You know, like, okay, let's dig into this. <laughs> um, and I kind of got it. But then when I, t- I put my Michelle, I mishified it a yeah, bit yeah, yeah. Um, to sort of get people to really have it land with them, mm. would be if I had my magic wand and I could cut, you know, wave you your almost absolute perfect health and fitness. Yeah. Or I could give you, boom, you know, all the weight loss you want. Yeah. There it is. Ta-da. What would change? And then what happens next? Yeah. Nothing. You still have to chop wood, carry water, sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing changes. And you find, um, you know, that time when you wake up in the morning, 5 a.m., alarm goes off and you don't feel like it, you know, that excuse pops up. What's the what's the, the hack or the way forward in that kind of cold morning when you don't want to, don't want to get up? Look, sometimes I give myself a get out of free jail card. Occasionally oh. I've done that just to go a bit gentle on myself. Yeah. Um, but often I just don't let my head switch on. You know, as soon as this starts going, yeah. you're on the slippery pole. As yeah, soon yeah. as you start with the first, oh, but what if? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good negotiating with ourselves. Yeah, stop it. Clear the head. Get in a cold shower if you have to, whatever. Yeah. Um, and just get just get into robot mode. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to um, get your thoughts on today's culture. We've got, let's say, the David Goggins, Jocko, kind of extreme discipline, extreme willpower, like no excuses, stay hard. And then all the way through to you talked about woke culture where it's very much self-love, self-acceptance, you know, um, really don't be pushing yourself to do anything more, more than you are. Where do you sit now today in, in I know you in the past, you know, a bit more military style <laughs> in your training. I was know, probably at that end. Yeah. yeah um, original Goggins. <laughs> <laughs> I was very tough on myself. Yeah. Very tough on myself. Um, yeah. Where did that come from back then? I don't know. Like I, I remember what there was a time when I was quite young that I had this fear that was baseless um, that I wouldn't be fit enough. Fit, I, fit enough for, who? for what? Yeah, for what? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's just a strange thing that I had going on in my head. Yeah. I was quite young. Um, I obviously got past that. And it kind of worked for you. So then that's how you trained others was kind of the same technique for yourself. Yeah. You know, like I, I think I got a bit of a bad rap a bit from my loser days as being a really hard-ass trainer. And look, I was. And it makes good TV. It makes great TV, right? Yeah. But I mean, there was many a times when I was staying back until seven or eight o'clock at night, you know, talking with these guys and just making sure that everything was good and we were good and they were good. Yeah, because um, you don't see that on the show. No, because that doesn't make good TV. Yeah. <laughs> the the uh, mantra of the producers, if they're not crying, it's not gold. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Um, but, you know, I think I was a lot harder on myself and possibly in my training of other people too in my younger years. But I've always been I've always been an inclusive, like someone that's about inclusivity. Yeah. Always. Uh, and I think that, uh, that came has really shone out in my business, the 12 week body transformation, yeah. because when I did that keynote about who you are in the playground, yeah. I kind of did a little bit of soul searching about who was I in the playground. Oh, nice. And I mean, I knew I was into fitness and sport and all of that, yeah. but I was also very known um, for being that person that brought them in under my wing. Oh, nice. You know, they, they got beaten up at school or bullied on the bus or blah, I would, and it wouldn't often earn me any favors. In fact, it would co- put me in a bit of flack yeah. as well. But I would always be bringing someone home um, 
and it was just what I was like. And even into an adult, like I'd bring, you know, much to the eye rolling of my family, I'd be bringing someone, a bunch of, you know, no homers that didn't have anywhere to go on Christmas. Like, oh, I just got some extra drop-ins. They're like, oh my God, it's Christmas. It's oh, but I'd always do that. And so it made sense to me in reflection when I was thinking about who was I on the playground that I'd managed to team up my love of health and fitness and sport and, and, and you know, staying healthy. Yeah with bringing people in that probably thought that was past them yeah. that the that it wasn't for them that they they, they were a lost cause maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. um and that they were sidelined because of their weight because yeah. of the way they felt about them so they sidelined themselves because of the way they felt about themselves so was, i thought far out that's that was really part of who i was as a kid and it's yeah. now like come full circle into my business yeah which i think is probably a, a piece of why it's been as successful yeah, as well, it's, it's been. 12 years now the 12 week um, body transformation yeah that's incredible that was the first of its kind i imagine yep it was how many people have gone through that program now hundreds of thousands wow and how does that i know once you've said like you know happiness can come from your morning coffee but also ultimately it comes from serving others and making other people happy and i think you've said you know what drives you most sometimes is when you get that click in someone's mind that it's possible that they've changed their mindset or perspective on yeah, something. Yeah. You know, how does that come about in your in your program? Oh, it's mad. It's just like, if I think about it too much, I actually start to cry. Yeah. It's so full on. Like the, the amount of people that have gone through that program and have just changed their lives, you know, like exponentially changed their lives. Wow. They've become fitness instructors. Wow. Um, their family has got on board and like they're just living their dreams. Why do you think it's been so successful? Well, I think... It came, it stemmed from my first book, Crunch Time. Yeah. So I sat down and I wrote that book at the end of the first season of Biggest Loser. And I thought, this is this is a real opportunity for me. Like, yeah. I've just, I've just been on a TV show. Like, yeah. how cool was one that? Of number one TV shows in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. It was like over 2 million people were watching. Yeah. Because we didn't have Netflix and all that back yeah, then. Yeah. Yeah. It was way bigger than Netflix. <laughs> and I was like, my God, that was the most awesome experience. Yeah. And I learned on the job really quick too. But I thought, all good things must come to an end. Mm. And I might get one season and that's it. So mm. I'm going to take this and run nice. and give every chance of everything that I've ever dreamt of doing. And just to double tap for those that missed it, I think what Michelle just talked about there was an opportunity presented itself and then just going all in and taking the most of that opportunity you can. And, you know, I think what you said was amazing, which was you don't know when that opportunity that's will right. come again. That's exactly right. So, you know, bless him. My colleague, <laughs> he went surfing yeah. <laughs> and I wrote a book yeah. <laughs> uh, because I just could see that this was a real springboard moment. Yeah. Um, you know, thankfully, we got 10 seasons out of that yeah. um, show. But it, crunch time came about and I wanted to break it down into three parts because as a, a young personal trainer, I knew that I was doing all the right things that I've been trained in doing. Here's your nutrition. Here's your exercise. Let's do it. Yeah. And it's not working. Yeah. Why isn't it working? Yeah, why not? Why the hell is it not working? I'm doing everything. So that's when I, as a young girl, like in my 20s, I started really toying around with the personality that was before me. Yeah. And what triggered them in a good way, but also what triggered them in a negative way. Yeah, more their thoughts, more than their body. Yeah. So that was really exciting. 
So much so that actually at the age I am and now where I am in my life, I'm actually thinking about doing a psychology degree. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've already got probably a degree well, I did, in the streets. I did like a 10-year a uh, university degree on The Biggest Loser. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, but so anyway, that's how that book came about. And so we took that book and I said, why can't I do this online? Like I'm already helping people online just via email and yeah. stuff. I actually learned how to do an email. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, because YouTube was barely a thing then. No. Online courses were kind of very rare. Yeah. Wow. And there was probably no Fa- wasn't even There wasn't Facebook. Yeah. That wow. came along, oh, maybe around <clears throat> then, but not that much. Yeah. So it was very different so, today's world. Yeah. So I was just, maybe Facebook was there, but it was pretty new. Twitter wasn't there. And without giving your secrets away for free, like how does someone change their life in 12 weeks? <laughs> Do as I say. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we took the book and we made it into a destination online. And we said, for 12 weeks, here's your meal plans. Yeah. Um, we, it's a lot different now. I mean, it was a bubba back then. Oh, now yeah. she's a big girl now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's a very big girl now. <laughs> um, but here's your meal plans. Um, here's all the exercises. So we videoed a lot of them and we photographed a lot of them. And then here's your mindset lessons. So that was when I took all the knowledge uh, that I'd gained writing that book and that I'd yeah. gained on Loser, having to work with you know people that were just desperate. Um, and I put them into mindset lessons. Yeah, wow. So, that, you know, we drip feed them in at different times over the week, over the 12 weeks. We'd put one in. I know what they're going to be thinking week four. What would be an example of one of these that would come up? The mindset. Self-sabotage. Yeah, big one. Um, How does that come up or play out? Oh, <laughs> I remember one of my contestants, actually, she was played the self-sabotage beautifully. She, her husband really wanted her to lose weight, and she really wanted to lose weight and get fitter and get healthier. It wasn't just about the weight. It was about the health. Um, but because he was pushing it her so much, mm. she was like, am I allowed to swear? Yep. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> she was like, fuck you. I'm going to eat that. Fuck you. I'm going to eat that too. She was like giving it back to him. Nobody wins in that game. Yeah. It's a really sad game to be playing. Yeah. No one wins. It's an eye for an eye leaves the world blind. There you go. Look at you. You are a philosopher. (laughs) 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 So that's a one would come up. Um, We do mindset lessons on red flag days. So what's a red flag day? That's the day that, you know, you, you look down, you look across your diary and you, you pick them out. So there might be birthdays or celebrations or, um, you know, that those kinds yeah. of going out to dinner with friends. Yeah, and yeah just, that one's easy to rationalize as an excuse. That's right. And so then you prepare for it. So you're outmaneuvering it. So you know that morning you're going to do a run, you're going to eat nice and clean throughout yeah, the day, yeah. and then you're going to go into that evening meal and bloody well enjoy it. Yeah, for, for, for people at home, like Michelle Bridges, amazing entrepreneur, author, TV personality, trainer, you know, mum, you know, what, what, are the, what are the challenges that you personally face? Like, which ones do you, obstacles you kind of keep coming up to internally, like those, what are those self-sabotage moments or what are the things that you're, you know, still coming up with personally? Mm, I, I'm a, I've become, I never used to be. But I've become a bit of a warrior. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, tell me about that. (laughs) Fascinating. About what? Oh, everything. And I never used to. Interesting. I never used to. Why do you think that is? I think it's because I've got a son. Yeah. I think that's changed me a lot. instinct. Yeah. So I've got nothing to worry about, really. When I break it down, it's all nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
but it's still there. So I've got to work with that. So I do meditate, probably need to do it more. Nice. Um, so if I give myself an early morning get out of jail free, then yeah. I'll say, all right, well, then you're going to do 20 minutes of meditation. Yeah, wow. Um, I... For me, uh, when, I, when I train normally, I don't train early mornings anymore. Yeah, what does your routine look like from a training perspective or a diet or exercise perspective these days? Like, Yeah, so it's a good question um, because, it, again, it changes with your environment. Yeah. Right? So when I, I've only just moved back to Sydney. I was living in the Southern Highlands for yeah. three years full time. Good way to get out of COVID. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> and I was on a property. Oh, lovely. There was no one around. It was just me and my son. Oh, nice. So it was... A, slightly isolating but there was no uber eats mm. and there was no restaurant well there are restaurants there but you know once you get home it's 20 minutes back into town so half the time you would just cook every single night yeah so i still do that um but now we're back in sydney i've had a couple of moments where we've had some takeout oh, nice. <laughs> mostly sushi yeah um but yeah i cook a lot i cook a lot and i cook a, a lot of effective and efficient meals yep. so that i can cook them up in a batch and then fridge and freezer them so that, you know, they're there for my version of a takeout. Mm. And that's really what we instill on the 12-week program is we, we actually get people cooking. Yeah. It's such a life skill and so many of us don't have it. Yeah, and it's enjoyable. I've just recently started cooking and I absolutely love it. Yeah? Yeah. It's, oh, that's uh, cool. It's new. Yeah, I, I was with a, um, uh, a previous um, partner and she loved cooking. So it was always her thing. She absolutely yeah. loved it. And then I've recently started to learn to cook and... It's like thrilling. I look forward to meal times, meal prep. You know, I think you eat, eat, eat a bit healthier when you know what's going into it as well. Of course. And it's such a skill. Like, and it's not that hard. Like, I've had so many people go into a kitchen and they're like, well, what do I do? Yeah. Like, completely bamboozled. So, you know, again, in 12 week, we break it right down. So we put together, you know, here's your kit. Here's, is what, here's what you'll need just to get you through your basics as yeah. far as a, um, a cooker, a a pan, a pot, you know, your chopping boards, the kinds of knives, just real basic. Um, and then we go through their, their lists, their shopping yeah. lists, and um, they can make it bespoke. So as I you know, saying, she was a little bubba back then and now she's a big girl. Yeah. So now, like, I'll talk to you about it in a minute, but yeah. my, remind me to talk about my accountant when I started yeah. that business. Okay, I'd love to. Um, but now what, she, what we can do is we can bespoke it. So you can cook for... One, or you can cook for eight, and it just calibrates the ingredients and yeah, what you'll yeah, need. Yeah. So nice. it's very clever. And customizable. And, and if you don't want to follow our meal plans, that's fine, because we've got almost 1,500 recipes. We'll take you three years to eat it all. Yeah, wow. Um, the content is ridiculous. I, I imagine because you've had this for 12 years now, there's just so much IP, there's so much knowledge, there's so much experience from hundreds of thousands of people. You know, to create a program like this today would take you 10 years to kind of get to the, the level it is Yeah, it now. would be expensive. Yeah. And it would take a lot of time. So tell me about the accountant at the start of oh, the yeah. journey. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had this idea um, that from the book that we could do this online. Yeah. And so I had some friends. Good idea. I think that's going to yeah, take off. It's going to take off. I had some friends that were in the, in one was in the industry and her husband was an IT specialist. So I was like... Surely this can happen. Yeah. And so we bounced it around for about 18 months and nothing came of it. And then we kind of just got it. And I, and I was really specific about how I wanted this, right? I yeah. wanted the doors to open. Everyone come in for 12 weeks, doors close. We do this together as a team. Yeah. There, here comes my instructor yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this as a team. Yeah. Uh, and then we, op we, we celebrate. Yeah. And then we open the doors for the next round. Like in intakes at a time. So we did four rounds a year. Or that's what I wanted. Yeah, nice. And my accountant said, that doesn't make any commercial sense whatsoever. I was like... Why not? Why? 
And he said, well, effectively what you're doing is you're opening shop, but then you're shutting shop for three months. Yeah. He said, it's just, I'm like, well, that's what I want to do. I was really adamant. Yeah. And I would like to think that it was a genius moment. It wasn't. It was just because I liked the team mentality. Yeah, yeah. Because what it did was it caused such a ruckus, such a noise. Everyone's like, we want in, yeah. we want in. Yeah, the scarcity, right? It's a huge sell. Yeah. And because there was no one else doing it, it just went out of yeah. control. So I proved him wrong. Nice. nice. <laughs> And we only did four rounds a year, but then we went to eight rounds a year, and now we do a round every month. Wow. But as a, as a business, you've got to pivot and evolve. 100%. It's n- th- that moment in time, and I was only saying this to um, a colleague of mine who was a part of it when it was nuts, that moment in time is gone. No one yeah. will ever see that again. It was th- There was no one else doing it. We, 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 we thought, well, we should do a celebration. Like, you know, we've got a lot of people that lost weight and yeah. got fit and got healthy and... So I said, oh, well, let, well, I'll just go for a run, Hyde Park. All right, whoever is around, everyone wants to come, but we don't live there. What do we do? I said, all right, well, we'll make a party. Yeah. So next thing, it's going to be a run in the park, which turned into a workout. People are coming in from all over the country. Wow. They're Because ta- they're all in a tight society, a really yeah. tight community. They are catching planes with each other, sharing bed, sharing oh, hotel nice. rooms with each other. So I thought, well, shit, if everyone's coming for this workout, we better have an actual, like, evening event so we did the evening party as well well this went on for many years and it got bigger than ben hur (laughs) i had um two and a half thousand people come to a workout oh wow and uh that many people came to the party that night and i had to have three security guards oh wow there's been um there's been so many wins in your in your journey like what what do those wins cost you like what's been the the price you've paid for those wins um because I've always, you know, when I started out in the industry, I was always the girl that did all the jobs that nobody wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I even got a bit made fun of because of that. Um, but I was prepared to put the hard yards in mm-hmm. and prepared to sacrifice. Like I came to Sydney, I don't have any family here. Um, and I came from a very, very um, basic family, yeah. <laughs> single parent yeah, with well. not much money. And so I was always like, I don't want to be in that place again. Well, I am here, here I am now, but at least financially I'm mm. secure. The cost, there were lots of them. Yeah. It cost me um, relationships. It cost me relationships with family. Not that it cost me like family breakup or mm. anything, but just I was always saying no. Yeah. I couldn't make it to weddings. I couldn't make it to funerals. I couldn't make it to everything in between. Yeah. And I felt guilty. Yeah. Uh, my family understood. But it was, and it came at a cost. And I almost didn't have a child. Yeah. I was like, very last minute, mm, think I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Better get on that train. Yeah. And, and as you said, there's 2% chance that train left the station. Mm. Uh, was that all those costs and sacrifices, was it worth it? I'm not going to jump at saying yes. Yeah. I'm going to say yes with a clause. Yeah, what's the clause? <laughs> um, that sometimes I maybe went a bit too focused on my work and yeah. didn't give enough attention to other things which i'm trying to do now more yeah so maybe um you can take me back to those what are those biggest moments throughout your journey that were the hardest for you personally like what were the ones that you started to question your path yeah look i definitely when i just kept saying no verbatim to my family and mm-hmm. family invitations it's the point where people just stopped asking me yeah that's when i was like you know what i need to do something about this yeah. i need to make more of an effort 
Um, cause I can be a homebody too. Yeah. It definitely cost me a relationship that was really special and, um, you know, sad. We just worked mm. too much. Work, 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 yeah. work, 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 work. To the point we both knew that this was happening mm. and we said, oh, we're going to rectify this. We can do, we're going to, you know, we'll sort this out. We didn't. Mm. So, and part of the problem was we loved it so much. Yeah. We loved the business so much. Yeah. We couldn't help it. We got excited. Like, I'm excited when I talk about it. Yeah. So, we're like, we can't talk about work at home. Like, we're going to put a rule in. <laughs> and we are, oh, fuck, bugger it. And we start talking yeah. about it. But in the end, you know, we were talking about it you know, from the moment we woke up to the moment we went to sleep. And that kind of weighed the relationship really yeah. down. So, what would, what would be the learn there for someone maybe who's in a relationship with a, a business partner or someone who mm. are both driven like that? What's the be careful? Like? Be careful. Yeah. Treat your relationship with respect, as much respect as you're giving your business, mm. if not more. Yeah. Where do you now put that in terms of business versus relationship versus self? Like, what's your now priorities in your world? Oh, my family. Yeah. Yeah. And is that because, because you've I, got I, the financial it, success now that it feels able to do that? Yeah, or probably. Do you think only because of the perspective, you can now have that. Maybe a bit of both. Maybe a bit of both, but yeah, it's definitely, I'm absolutely strict on my time with, with my son. Yeah, nice. And I'm trying to be a better friend and a better daughter and a better cousin. I ring yes. my cousins more often and I ring my mum more often. Um, and yeah, maybe because I am a bit more financially free, I can do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's so funny. I caught myself the other day feeling guilty, hmm. um, which is such a wasted emotion. But I, I was, why? Uh, well, I just didn't understand why I should be feeling guilty. Yeah. Like, but I was. Yeah. And the guilt was, um, I took my son, to, I got up in the morning, got him dressed, lunch boxes, drove him to school, dropped him off, walked him in because I got the luxury to do that. You know, yeah. I know some poor parents just open the door and go, get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to go. But yeah, I had so that, I took that luxury to do that. And then I went to Pilates and I came out of Pilates feeling, instead of feeling really good, I felt really guilty. I was like, why am I feeling guilty about this? I've worked my ass you off. so hard. I've worked my ass off. And it's probably because I ha I've not been in this space before mm. where it's just a little bit different. And um, I thought, shit, it could change in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know what you like, miss. You'll probably get something and fire it up. And before you know it, you'll be like, rah, rah, rah. so just enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably very rare that you get a moment of peace in your life and a bit of space yeah so that was funny that i picked up on that um you still have so much energy like you're in a sauna now it's 60 degrees <laughs> you're absolutely buzzing like what is what is firing you up at the moment what are you passionate about what's the future kind of look like for i think my, my business is really the the driving force for me now yeah. um you know i've written books i've had clothing lines um i've done keynote speaking and i really wouldn't mind getting back in the yeah, circuit yeah you got a true gift there uh, it stopped at COVID. I kind of did one during COVID. It was really weird because I had no audience. So yeah, I had no energy to feed. <laughs> anyway, I wouldn't mind going back to them. But I've I've take, I've come back to Sydney. I've rolled up my sleeves and I'm under the hood yeah. of my business big time at the moment. Just to um, double tap on business, you know, like what's your biggest learns from running a business, scaling a business, building a team, brand? You've got one of the probably biggest personal brands in Australia. Like how did you, how did you get that? What was the thing there? <laughs> Oh, it just all happened really easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what were the, what were the potentially learns that you would do again next time from a business perspective? 
I would probably stay more under the hood mm-hmm. because it, so? it would just be more involved in the business. Okay. Yeah. Um, it took off like at a rate of knots yeah. and at the same time, so did my TV stuff. We even went to the States at one point um, and I probably almost like got l- lost out yeah. here on a satellite while back here the mothership you know, it's still trucking along, but yeah. I didn't know a lot of the ins and outs of it. It had changed so much. You know, it was over a course of years, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and businesses, you know, they they don't always oh, yeah. chug. Something. You get the dips and the Into ebbs and flows, stuff. so you've really got to be on top of it. Um, and you've and what's really, your biggest skill set in, in business? Is it vision, product? Is it I try to surround myself. I try to surround myself with really smart people. Yeah. I try to surround myself with people who are as passionate as I am. Nice. That would be hard. Because um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I don't know everything. Gosh, I very much don't know everything. I've learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I, pre- I'm pre- I am prepared to do the hard work, but I'm also prepared to admit when I made a mistake fucked up yeah um how is um you know that recognition in self when you realize maybe something's not working and you have to pull up stumps versus no hard work will get me through like how do you know when oh, to persevere versus how do you when oh, to that's change a course? good question you've got to be have some balls yeah you do you have to be prepared to put those balls in the bacon slicer as one of my old <laughs> colleagues used to say <laughs> i've never heard that before <laughs> And we also had another one very much in the lingo of 12WBT, which is JFDI. Just fucking do it. Like whenever I don't want to put my washing away, just fucking do it. Whenever yeah. I don't want to go to the gym, just fucking do it. Whenever I don't want to sit down and do all these business plannings, just fucking do it. But um, you've equally got to know when enough's enough. Mm. And you, there's potential to lose everything. Yeah. And I've been, I've come across that. Yeah, because I feel like we're probably similar in some sense that we will keep working until, you know, we grind ourselves to dust. You know, yeah. how do we pull up before we get to dust? And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We're supposed to be carving a beautiful statue and we kind of grind off the imperfections, not so much grind it all the way to the ground. Mm. You know, how do you recognize that in yourself when, when to kind of keep going or when to pull up? When it's about to be bad for business mm. or bad for my profile or um, I'm about to lose everything. Yep. And I think putting a child in the mix really yeah. does get you strong. You know, I have a saying in, in in business and also in my keynote, which is what you say no to is as equally as important as what you say yes yeah, to. Yeah, love that. And it really is. You know, like I, I had a great example of that. Back in the loser days, probably three years in, loving it, the production company and the network come to myself and my colleague and say, we've got a new sponsor. Yeah. Like, great. Who are they? Oh, they want you to be a part of it as well. And they're prepared to pay you quite nicely. Yeah, nice. Like, wow. Just been throwing opportunities everywhere. Yeah. What's that? What is that? Domino's Pizza. (laughs) That's like... How long did you think about that one for? Not even a minute. Yeah. But I had to... I I was scared. I thought, what if if I piss the network off? What if I piss off, you know, Mm. everybody and I'd lose my job? Mm. you know so I went home and I thought about it and to be honest with you I was just bought my first house so I was eyeballs deep in a mortgage yeah I was trying to get 12 WBT off the ground so that was a financial burden as well so that money yeah that would have come in very handy yeah and the domino stock price did pretty well if you were saying there's some equity there (laughs) you're right (laughs) I don't know if there was equity but there was definitely a big check wow a big one 
how do you um say no to let's say other people and how do you say yes to yourself it depends on the situation um oh my god it's getting hot here. <laughs> where are we at we're at 59 degrees <sighs> doing so well we'll do another one minute okay um, it depends on the situation and it depends on what they need from me yeah. and what I need from me. And hopefully they can meet yeah, so in the middle somewhere. Alignment. Yeah. I had a win-win. Oh, what was it? Coming on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, I'd always fancied myself as being Sarah Jessica Parker back yeah. when the show, show was oh, big. Nice. I would want to tap on the computer and, and I'd written books. I just wanted to do a column, you know, give me a column. I said to my agent, yeah. couldn't get one. And then finally I was on Bali, in Bali on a holiday. She rang me and she said, I've got you a gig. It's with Sunday life. I'm like, oh, awesome. Nice. She said, I don't want to pay you. I'm like, man, like I've written a couple of books. They've been bestsellers. Yeah. Uh, it's not about the money, but it, it's about my worth. Yeah. So I said, all right, stand by. Got off the I said, send me the brief hmm. of what they want. So she sent me the brief and to the brief, I wrote five articles that were exactly what they wanted. Yeah. I sent them back to her. I rang her up and I said, I want you to send them to the Sunday Life and I want you to tell them this is what they might miss out on. Yeah, nice. We got the gig. Nice. I love that. And I got paid. And the backing self and putting yourself out there. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a huge income, but that wasn't the point. Yeah, no. It was a win for everyone. Yeah. And I think when people get that initial rejection, which is a no, you know, they go give up and they, they kind of try something else where I think multiple I've times in your story. always kept biting on that cherry. Yeah. You just keep going. I, I don't get too annoying, but I've been annoying. Yeah. You just keep going until <laughs> you get the yes. I love that. Um, last question. <laughs> If you were going to um, do a TED talk or a talk today, you know, based on everything you, where you are right now in your life and what you're about to do next, what would be the the kind of number one message you want to get out to? Don't do a podcast in a sauna. Would be the first. <laughs> it'd probably be based around resilience, yeah. and it would probably be based around lessons learned, mistakes made, the wins, um, the losses. Yeah, and there's been stacks of them. Um, and then number one message you'd give to your 21-year-old Michelle Bridges. <laughs> uh, keep going, girlfriend. You got it. Nice. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the thank podcast. Thank you. We've got to 60 degrees, 50 minutes. <gasps> oh, my hands are tingling. Get me out of here quick. <laughs> <Well done. laughs>